Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about a psychological tendency that might explain trolling and bullying, why our quality of sleep is worse during lockdown and how to fix it, and a breakthrough from computer scientists that could help researchers predict the future more accurately than ever. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Psychologists may have come up with an explanation for what motivates trolling, bullying, and violent crime. And believe it or not, it has to do with sadism. Now, the word sadism might make you think of serial killers or criminals who torture people for pleasure. And sure, that's what we see in horror films and hear about in true crime podcasts. But psychologists now recognize a milder version of sadism that lives in many of us that scientists call everyday sadism. Everyday sadism is the capacity many people have to feel pleasure from other people's pain and suffering, just less than someone with clinically diagnosed sadism. And it's not as rare as you might think. For example, you might have cheered on a fight in the schoolyard when you were a kid. Or maybe grown-up you takes a bit of pleasure in seeing someone mess up an important presentation at work. But more than that, everyday sadists also enjoy doing things to cause suffering— for an experiment, a team of Canadian and American researchers measured people's levels of sadism, then gave them the chance to do some mildly sadistic things. Participants with high sadism scores were more likely to blast computer game opponents with loud white noise, for example. They were even willing to do a boring task to get another chance to hurt their computer game opponents. Other studies have found that people who score high on everyday sadist questionnaires are more likely to engage in cyberbullying and trolling online and traditional bullying in the real world. People who score highly in sadism also tend to get high scores when it comes to the dark triad of personality traits. That includes psychopathy, narcissism, and Machiavellianism, which is all about manipulation. But it's not just that sadists are also psychopaths. Some researchers argue that the traits are distinct and sadism can be used on its own to predict online trolling and other bad behaviors. These researchers say that the dark triad I mentioned should be expanded into a dark tetrad of problematic personality traits that also includes everyday sadism. If you enjoy other people's pain just a little bit, don't worry too much. Like most everything else, sadism exists on a spectrum. A lot of the time, people with a hint of sadism just enjoy violent movies and video games. But it's important to know that about yourself. That way, when it pops up, it won't take you by surprise. And you can stop, think, and do the right thing. A new study suggests that the COVID-19 pandemic has altered our sleep schedules, for better and for worse. Our sleep schedules are more regular and we sleep for longer. But we're not sleeping all that soundly. Fortunately, there's a fix to help you sleep easy. First, though, let's talk about the research. Early on in the pandemic, back in late March, researchers from the University of Basel wanted to find out how lockdown was affecting sleep. See, lots of sleep research has pointed to the fact that our normal, non-lockdown schedules are mismatched with our biological rhythms. Early work hours and late social activities pressure us to stay awake when our bodies want to sleep. And that leads to what sleep scientists call social jet lag. But on lockdown, the researchers thought we might not feel this pressure. Without early commutes and late night bar crawls, our schedules might end up more in line with our biological clocks. 
So the researchers spent six weeks of the early pandemic asking 435 people in Austria, Switzerland and Germany about how they were sleeping. Most of the people surveyed were working from home. The study found that more flexible working hours did, in fact, lead to less social jet lag. Instead of waking up at unnatural hours, people went to sleep and woke up according to their body's internal signals. And the participants slept longer on lockdown, too. Most participants said they slept longer during lockdown than they did before the pandemic, a few by as much as 50 minutes a night. Their sleep schedules were also more regular, which suggested that they cut down on social jet lag. Great, right? Well, not quite. Even though social jet lag was gone, the study's participants said they didn't feel like they were getting better sleep. Quantity increased, but not quality. In fact, the participants said their sleep quality deteriorated during lockdown. That's also not surprising. The pandemic has been stressful, and stress doesn't do good things for sleep quality. But the sleep experts do have a tip for those of us who are still sleeping restlessly on lockdown. Outdoor exercise. The study suggests that people who do more physical activity outdoors also sleep better. And it's possible to go for a bike ride or take a walk in the park while maintaining social distancing. Hopefully, we'll all be able to sleep longer and better. Have you been having trouble sleeping during lockdown? Yeah, I definitely relate to the people in that study because I've been sleeping longer, but I haven't been sleeping well at all. But you outdoor exercise all the time. I do. I outdoor exercise all the time when it's not the lockdown. So I'm comparing outdoor exercise to outdoor exercise. Mm, there you go. Computer scientists have made a breakthrough that may one day help us do a lot of things like model climate change more accurately, predict the spread of disease more precisely, and better monitor Earth's crust for signs of faraway earthquakes or nuclear weapon tests. Okay, so what's this shiny new tech? Random numbers. Or more precisely, a better way to generate huge sets of random numbers. See, a lot of computer models rely on random number generators to help simulate real-life events as accurately as possible. Computers are good at a lot of things, but random isn't one of them. Researchers back in 1976 designed an algorithm that could simulate rolling loaded dice, but they built the program to make calculations as fast as theoretically possible. That's Theoretically, as in, use all the computer memory you need, even if it's more than we have on Earth. But wait, hang on, Cody. Did you say loaded dice? I mean, that doesn't sound super random. Right. Fair point. The new algorithm is even called Fast Loaded Dice Roller, or FLDR for short. Both this algorithm and the 1976 one generate random numbers in a certain probability distribution. So that means you could tell the program, I want to flip a coin, but I want a 90% chance of coming up heads. If you ran that 100 times, you'd get heads about 90 times and tails about 10. It's random because you don't know which side will come up on any one coin flip. This is useful for a lot of things. Think of a baseball game where one team is favored to win, even though either team could potentially emerge victorious on a given day. The new program has FAST in the name, but it's actually slower than the 76 model. Its crowning achievement is its memory efficiency. FLDR can use up to 10,000 times less memory than its predecessor. Its main competitor is a widely used technology called the alias method, 
which is faster in some cases, but also less efficient. So why are computer scientists so interested in memory efficiency? Well, one big reason is that it might lead to greater energy efficiency. That's important because analyzing data uses a surprising amount of power. Another reason is the limited availability of computing resources. Not every climate researcher or computational epidemiologist has access to a supercomputer, and even those machines have their limitations. With FLDR, everything from AI training to advanced statistical modeling could become accessible to more researchers, and that could lead to exciting new advances. All right, well, let's recap everything we learned today. Starting with the idea that everyday sadism might be the fourth dark personality trait. And it could explain trolling and other kinds of bullying behavior. We also learned that we might be sleeping more during lockdown because we're dealing with less social jet lag. But that doesn't mean we're sleeping better. So here's a trick. Exercise outside. Which is a pretty convenient fix considering it's one of the few things pretty much everyone is actually allowed to do right now. Just keep your distance. And uh, the Lakeshore Path is covered in signs right now that just say, keep moving. As long as you keep moving and you're not standing next to someone for an extended period of time, there seems to be lower risk. And you're outdoors. Yeah, there's other benefits to being outdoors during lockdown as well that we're going to talk about on an episode next week. That's right. And we also learned that MIT researchers developed the Fast Loaded Dice Roller, or FLDR, as a more energy efficient way to generate random numbers. And this could help researchers in a lot of fields, from climate change to epidemiology. You know where random number generation is huge? Where? Video game speedruns. Really? Yeah. So every year, there's an organization called Games Done Quick that raises a ton of money for charity. It's usually Doctors Without Borders. And they do a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day, full-week marathon twice a year called Awesome Games Done Quick and Summer Games Done Quick. And you just watch people like some of the Internet's fastest speedrunners beat video games in absurdly short amount of times. Like they could beat The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in like an hour. What? Like just totally absurd game-breaking stuff. But a big thing if you're watching these speedruns in the speedrunning community is random number generation, which they always call RNG. And they, they'll point out to you during their speedruns, they'll say like, okay, well... This is the point in the speed run where an enemy, let's say, will have like 18 different patterns, but you don't know which pattern it'll be. And so at that point in the speed run, you're at the mercy of RNG because some patterns will force you to do damage or take a route that's more efficient and faster than other ones. So basically, whenever speedrunners get to a big, heavy RNG point, they're like, oh, we're praying to the RNG gods because they can make or break a speed run based on whatever random number generation happens at that moment. Wow, that's incredible. So these speedrunners memorize every possibility that a boss is going to have, and they don't know which one he's going to land on, but they know which one they want. Yeah. That's incredible. It's really intense. It's like, like I don't really watch football or baseball or other sports, but like two weeks a year, I tell my wife, I'm like, this is my sport. This is it. I'm just going to watch <laughs> speedruns for two weeks. Wow. So yeah, this this year's is in the beginning of August, and uh, they raise a lot of money for charity. So check out Games Done Quick if you're curious. You will learn all about RNG. <laughs> Trust me. Awesome. 
Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk and Grant Curran and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious.